I have what it says I have, and I do what it tells me to do, and I love my Bible, so I make this as a confession, that I will meditate in it day and night, Monday through Friday, on a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening, and because I do, my life is blessed, it's no more a mess, now everything I touch... Everything I touch turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to meditate your word, to minister your word unto these, your sheep. We pray that my speech and preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be by demonstration of your spirit and of power, that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of a man, but in the power of God. In your power. We're open, Father, for the Holy Spirit's work in us. There's not one person present or online or that will watch this in the future that cannot be touched with this word. This word is for each and every one of us, and we're praying that not one of us leave the same way that we came. Let us all be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn around and wave at somebody. Amen. Wave at somebody and then you may be seated. Glory to God. All right. Open with me in your Bible to the book of Genesis chapter 11. I'm just going to jump right into it today. We are continuing a series that we started uh, just two Sundays ago called Understanding Babel. And then it's it's based on the story about the Tower of Babel, as it is so called. That story is found in the book of Genesis chapter 11. Uh, We've read that story, but I just want to take a moment to uh, read one verse from it. Uh, And in verse number nine, it says, therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. In this series, we're, ta- we're taking our communication skills to the next level. And uh, as a result, we're believing that the goal of this series is to introduce you uh, to and teach you the three necessary tools for effective communication. Listening on three dimensions, rules of engagement, and then lastly, communication with love and respect. How many of y'all could tell I like to teach? <laughs> I like to teach. I'm a teacher by nature. Both my, my parents, uh, both secularly and in the ministry, are teachers. And so uh, for that, the apple did not fall far from the tree. And so with that, I like for you to get it. In other words, if you didn't get the first part, why are we going on to the second part? And also, I do know that uh, 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 repetition is good for learning, right? So just to hear it again, sometimes I feel like, oh, man, people dread when I review. But um, in reality, repetition is good for learning. I I would imagine everybody knows what a hammer is, right? Everybody knows what a screwdriver is, and everybody knows what a wrench is. And just in the same way, because communication skills are important to life, 
I'm hoping that by the end of this series that you and I can have a handle on these tools just as familiar we are with a hammer, a wrench, and a screwdriver when you talk about listening on three dimensions, rules of engagement where communication is concerned, and communication with love and respect that you would be able to identify them, but more importantly, use them in your everyday life. Amen? Amen. So we said to you last week that in order to be a good communicator, you'll have to be a great listener. I mean, just to be good, not a great communicator, just to be a good communicator, you've got to be, I've got to become great at listening. So we learn to listen on three dimensions. How many of you all think you have a handle on all three? Well, we learned to listen to what a person says. And then you want to listen to what a person may mean by what they're saying. Right? Because not everybody says what they mean and mean what they say. And sometimes you don't get the exact words, but you know what I mean. Come on, y'all talk to me today. Right? You know what I mean. And so if you know what I mean, then don't get stuck on what I say. So not only should we listen to what a person says, we should also listen to what a person means. And then the third dimension is the one that's most significant. And that is to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying about what a person is saying, about what a person may mean, and about what a person is not saying. Amen. And that to me is worth, uh, I mean, I could spend hours talking to you about the importance of learning to listen to the Holy Spirit when you're in a conversation. Amen. All right. Well, in Genesis chapter 11, verse number eight, it talks about the fact that they ceased from building the city. They, 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 they started out with the idea that we're going to build a city and we're going to build a tower and we're going to stay in this place so that we're not scattered all over the world. We're going to make sure this is a master planned community like uh, Town Lake or uh, uh, Bridgeland. And we're going to have uh, activities and places and there's going to be place for work and everybody's going to have. And, and the people were all of one language and uh, of one speech. I was actually reading this out of the New Living Translation and Verse 1 says, at one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. That's a very unique way to put it. Because in the King James, it says they, they had one language and they, and they had one speech. But notice in the New Living, he says, everybody on the planet, not only did they speak the same language, they used the same words. And you think, well, why is that significant? Have you ever been talking about something with somebody and realize you're talking about the same thing, but you were using different words? See, words have meanings. And what one word means to you, it may mean something else to, to, to a different person. And so they thought you meant this because you said that, but that's not what I said or that's not what I meant. Oh, y'all going to help me today. 
But the beautiful part is not only where they speak, let's say they were speaking English. We know they weren't speaking English, right? Whatever that first language was. But for us, it's English, okay? Let's, let's just imagine every one of us being able to speak English, but what if we use different words that mean different things? Or use different words that mean the same thing. There can be confusion, or I don't understand because this word means this to me. Oh, that word means that. And you find out you're talking about the same thing. I thought that was very unique. But think about it for a moment. I want you to imagine being one of those first people that ever walked on the planet. What was it like the day that God came down and confounded the language? What uh, was, was it overnight? Maybe you woke up and all of a sudden you went to say something. Hey, what are we going to have for breakfast? And your spouse is looking at you crazy. Like in reality, I believe that happens today. <laughs> Even though they know and they hear the language they, they we end up saying something to them. They looking at them like, what are you talking about? I don't know. Maybe you've never had somebody look at you like that even though they were speaking the same language. But imagine for a moment, we know that, 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 they, that, that, that the language was confounded. Let's say there were thousands of people gathered to build this city and to build this tower, but all of a sudden you go to talk to somebody that you work with and they don't understand. you like, mama, mama, and they're like, what, what are you talking about? And they're like, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're talking, and, and all of it. Can you imagine the confusion on that day? And even the frustration, people that are supposed to understand you, that are supposed to know you and know what you mean and to be with you. But all of a sudden you can't communicate with them. And as a result of not understanding one another, the Bible says they stopped building. I believe it happens in marriages. Matter of fact, I know it does. How is it that a couple comes for premarital counseling? And then after a number of years or decades, find themselves at a place where they want to end it all. They at one point wanted to start and build a family together, but now at their point they can't stand being around. I believe it's a community, it's a, the primary problem is a breakdown in the area of communication. They cease building that life because they couldn't understand one another. Again, I was reading this in the New Living's translation in verse number eight. It says, in that way, the Lord scattered them over all the all the world and they stopped building the city. Verse seven says, come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. They won't be able to understand. So when we ask the question, why did they stop? The answer is because they couldn't understand each other. And the reality is, even though you may speak the same language as the person that you're communicating with, that doesn't make understanding an automatic. I really want to challenge you today to make it easy for people to talk to you. The title of this message is Rules of Engagement Part 1. Rules of Engagement Part 1. And I really, by the end of the day, I want to challenge you to make it easy for people to talk to you. Think about in one home, if the wife and the husband no longer are able to speak the same language, the divide that's going to come. 
And they said this, this group of people went in that direction and that group of people uh, because these people understand me so I can get along with them. You and I want to make it very easy for the people in our lives or even strangers, make it easy for people to talk to you. Go with me, if you would, to the book of um, Go to book of Hebrews chapter 5. How do we make it easy for people to talk to us is by being a great listener. Watch what this word says in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 11. He's talking about God of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered seeing you are dull of hearing. The writer of the book of Hebrews is talking to the people and he wants to talk to them, to them about God. And there's many things they, they wanted to, there's many things they want, the writer of the book of Hebrews, there's many things that he or she or he wants to say to the people, but it's hard to be uttered. Why can't he just say it? It's hard for him to say what he wants to say. Have you ever been in a situation where you wanted to say somebody, say something to somebody, but it was hard for you to get it out? Kind of like this morning for me to get this message out. <laughs> kind of like for the prosperity message. You know, there's some, some, you know, I'm sitting at home for hours preparing a 15 minute message, right? And I'm like, oh man, this is outstanding. And then I get up to minister it, but it's hard for me to get it out. It's hard for me to say it. You know, there's things I may want to talk to my, my family about or talk to, you know, folks that I work with or, you know, people. And, but it's, I know what I want to say. I got it clear in my mind. I even rehearsed it and practiced it. But it's hard for me to get it out. Somebody say it's hard for me to get it out. Notice what the writer said. Look at it one more time. He says, of whom we have many things to say, but it's hard to be uttered. Why? Seeing that you are dull of hearing. In other words, utterance is affected by the hearer. Let me say that to you again. This is a great point. Utterance, if you could put it up for me, is affected by the hearer. In other words, utterance is what you say. What we say is actually affected by who's hearing it. Have you ever had somebody talking to you and you really just didn't want to talk to them? As a matter of fact, you remember this way back when, talk to the hand because the ears aren't listening. In other words, I don't want to hear what you got to say right now. I'm mad at you. I'm upset. I don't like the way that you're doing this. And so I don't want to talk to you. And so all of a sudden, you've got some things that you want to say, but it's hard to be uttered because of how the person is listening. Back when we had two services, 830 and 1030, it would amaze me how I could stand and preach from the same notes, one message, the same message to the first group, but it comes out differently at the second group. You know why? Because even right now it's happening. The many things that I have to say are being affected by those that are hearing it. 
So what am I saying? My challenge to you today is to make it easy for people to talk to you by being a great listener. In John chapter 16 and verse number 12, Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you can't bear them right now. Anytime you see certain phrases repeated in Scripture, you've got to know the Spirit of God is trying to make a real point. I mean, that's almost an exact expression. He said, I got many things and it's hard to be uttered because you're hard, you, because you're dull of hearing. Jesus said it a different way. Obviously, Jesus said it before the writer of Hebrews said it. But in John 16, notice what even Jesus says. Think about that. God's got some things that he wants to talk to you about, but he can't talk to you about. Well, why can't he? I want, how many of you all want to hear what God has to say to you? I know I do. But could it be that even right now in our relationship with God, that there are things that God wants to talk to you and I about, but he can't talk to us right now because we can't handle it. And then you take it into our everyday relationships. Could it be that my wife has some things that she wants to talk to me about? But because of how I listen and because of my readiness to handle what she has to say that she can't say it. Or me as a husband, that there may be things that I want to talk to my wife about. But because of her ability to listen and because of her ability to handle what I want to talk to her about, it's affected. And now I'm carrying around something in my heart that I want to talk about. But I'm not able because of what's happening on the other side. Say it out loud. Utterance is affected by the hearer. This is so true in relationships. As a husband and a wife, you should want your spouse to be able to talk to you about anything. But how you handle yourself in communication when they talk to you, is a precursor of what it may look like in the future. So if you went off and acted crazy when I told you that I broke your favorite glass, then certainly I'm not going to tell you this other thing, so now I'm going to have to keep that from you. Ooh, I'm talking. I know this is really deep. This is so important. See, I, I knew this before we even started dating. And so before we got married, in our pre- premarital counseling process, I told her, I want to be able to talk to you about anything. And we talked about what that environment looks like. I don't want it to be easier for me to talk to some lady, uh, you know, down the street or on the job or from school that it's easier to talk to her than it is to talk to my wife. How many of y'all know being able to talk to my wife about anything is going to protect me and protect us in marriage? And so we both, we talked about creating an environment where we feel safe to be able to share our heart. And that's the reason why I'm teaching you, especially if you're looking to be married someday. (laughs) Um Oh, man. All right. Most of the most of the kids, I think all of the kids are in, in uh, 
in uh, Children's Church. So I'm going to share this with you. Uh, so going through our premarital conference, uh, counseling session, I asked her, I said, you know, let's say we're married. This is running scenarios, right, which they do in counseling, especially premarital counseling, to talk about stuff, you know, to prepare yourself for the future. I said, let's say one day you come around the corner into the living room, and I don't notice or hear you coming, and I've got my laptop open, and there's something inappropriate on there. Would you do this? Would you do this? Would you do this? Or would you do this? I'm trying to start a conversation about something in preparation so that we can know how to respond to one another. Oh, man, it was so funny. I asked her, would she do this? Blow up and go mad and go off? Would she, um, you know turn around and act like, you know, she didn't see anything, so forth and so on? Or would she, you know, uh, take me into counseling and, or, or would we talk about it? <laughs> right? And uh, I share that with you because how we handle what we hear has an effect on what we will hear. If I'm struggling with something, I want to be able to talk to my wife about it. But if she doesn't react well, then I may feel like Jesus. There's some things I need to talk to you about, but you're not able to, to handle it right now because you wouldn't handle it the right way. So I'm challenging you to learn the rules of engagement. It will prepare you to be able to be a great listener and to handle very, very, very delicate things. How many of y'all know that woman that was caught in adultery when they questioned Jesus? That was a very, very delicate matter. But because of how he handled it, it turned out the way that it could. This is so important where our sons and daughters, I don't know about you, but I want our sons as they grow up from the time, even at three and four years old, I want them to be comfortable to be able to tell me things. I knew growing up as a son that we could talk to my parents about anything as a teenager. I'll never forget it. My wife reminded me about it the other day because <laughs> she's seeing, you know, things developing our boys. And she said, man, uh, I'm going to have to get ready because as they get older, I remember you said what you said about your mom. I'll tell you the story. One day I came home from school and kids at school were talking about what they were doing inappropriate with other teenagers. And I came home and I told my mom, I want to do these same things. And uh, I'm trying to cold my words, okay? Mom, why can't I do these other things? Everybody else is doing these other things. Why can't? And we had a pretty, you know, intense conversation. Then she said, as soon as my father walked in, she said, Stanley, talk to your son, Right? But notice I was comfortable because of the environment that my parents created in our home as we were growing up that I could talk to them about anything. Even to this day, as they are my parents, I'm, I'm their son, one of their sons. Amen. I feel that I can talk to them about anything. You want to create environments like that, and these tools will help you do it. <clears throat> If every time they come to you to talk to you about this, and really they want to talk to you about something deeper, if every time they come to you and you cut them off and you make them feel stupid for, if you, and I'm, this goes with kids, this goes with your spouse, if every time they, you get ready to bring up this subject about money and you want to talk to them, and if they start responding the wrong ways, then they're going to be very guarded where their heart is concerned and talking with you. 
So, again, my challenge to you today is to make it easy for people to talk to you by being a great listener. That's listening on three dimensions, but it's also learning and following the rules of engagement. I feel like I'm all over the place, but I know this is really good. Even where our parents are concerned, for those of us that are older and have older parents, you know, there could be things that you want to talk to your parents about. And it might be hard for you to talk to them. There might be things your parents want to talk to you as an adult son or daughter. But it's hard for them to talk to you about things they, they, they've got experience in life. They've seen what you are going through. They've been there and done that. But if through your listening and responses, you make it difficult for them to talk to you, you close yourself off for that potential. So make it easy for people to talk to you. How? By being really good at communication. And in order to be good at communication, you're going to have to know how to use these three tools that I'm teaching in this series. Before I conclude today, I want to give you the first rule of engagement and communication. All of these rules of engagement and communication come from Ephesians chapter 4. If you're a parent, if you're a, if a son or daughter to, a, to your parents, if you're a husband or a wife, future husband or future wife, I pray you'll forever remember Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 through 32, because these are the rules of engagement. Your spouse will be able to talk to you about anything if you follow these rules consistently. Your children can bear the most dark secrets to you if you follow these rules. Can't give them all to you today, so come back next week. <laughs> but I will give you rule number one. Let's look at the entire passage. Ephesians 4, verse 25 through 32. They give us six different rules to follow. Verse, one, uh, verse 25 says this. Therefore, putting away line, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have to give, uh, have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt communication or word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for the necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. This passage is so powerful on the subject of communication. In my years, again, 20 plus years of counseling marriages, having life experience, this is as if Paul was talking to husbands and wives. So especially if you're married, listen carefully to these rules. It'll help you. And for your future marriage. Rule number one is stop lying 
and tell the truth. <laughs> I know you're right. Come on, y'all preach that with me today. Woo, this is good. This is, this is why I can only deal with one of them today. This is the number one rule in communication. Is stop lying and tell the truth. Now think about what Jesus said about communication. I mean, there's four, the word communication is four times in the New Testament. The first time Jesus said, say what you mean, mean what you say. He said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. The second time is, is here in Ephesians 4, let no corrupt communication. Third time is Colossians 3, it's an echo of this, let no filthy communication. And then the fourth time lets us know that our communication can become effective. But remember what Jesus said. I mean, of everybody that spoke about communication, his words should matter the most, right? Listen to what he said. He said, in, this is Matthew 5.37, you don't have to put it up. In Matthew 5.37, Jesus said, in communication, let your yes be yes and your nay, your no, be no. He said, anything more than this comes from the devil. Won't have a good result. So in marriage, in employment and employee relationship, in life, in every communication circle we are ever in, the number one rule is to stop lying and to tell the truth. Say what you mean and mean what you say. If I ask you, what's wrong? And you say nothing, (laughs) but there's something wrong, right? I can tell by your face, your countenance, your disposition, your avoidance, something's bothering you. But when I ask you, you said it's nothing. And now, if I treat you like there's nothing wrong, and now you're more mad, right? Because I ain't got a clue that something is wrong. But, but notice how we started. What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. And then we do this now. Oh, come on. What, what's going on? Y'all got to help me. <laughs> so the number one rule. Now think about this. Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He's telling Christians to stop lying and to tell the truth. Is it possible for a Christian to not tell the truth? In John chapter 8, verse number 44, Jesus said, You are of your father the devil, and the, dot, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar And the father of it. This is powerful, folks. Did you know what happens when you say something that you don't mean? Mean something that you don't say? The Bible, Jesus, not just the Bible, Jesus said that the devil is the father of lies. You know what happens when you lie? That means conception and birth took place, but the seed of that lie was sown by the devil. He's the father. That means he sows a seed of thought in your mind and then it's conceived and when it is spoken, it gives birth and brings death. 
That's why Jesus said in communication, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Anything more than this comes from the devil. When you say something that you don't mean, when you when you let your yes be yes and your no be no, you're allowing the enemy to cause you to say something you don't really mean. And you end up, it, it, it's a lie as a result. So in communication, stop lying and tell the truth. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, stop lying. And tell, no, don't, don't, don't tell them that. I'm <laughs> but you may say, but they can't handle the truth. Y'all remember that? From that movie with Jack, was it Jack Nicholson? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I feel like, man, if, if we could be a fly on the wall, man, you know, a lot of times in particular marriage, because it's the most intimate relationship, but this works with friendships. You can end up with a friendship being destroyed because of lying. Making, what is a lie? You're making somebody think that something is true that is not. That's going to hurt your relationship. Lying destroys relationships. But you may say, but, but Pastor Stan, they can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth. That goes back to having something to say. But that person not being able to be that goes back to what Jesus said. He says, I got many things that I want to. It's not that that you're dull of hearing, but you couldn't handle it if I talked to you about it. You, you, you wouldn't be able to deal with it. Are there things that your children can't handle right now? Well, I can tell you, I got a three year old and four year old. I can't talk to them about some principles of physics. <laughs> they can barely understand some basic stuff like put your tray up or put, push your chair in. <laughs> and in the same way that the person just may not be in a position where they're ready to handle it. And so what do we do? In John chapter 16, in verse number 12, this time I want to read 12 and 13. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to help us in communication. In verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority. But whatever he hears from God, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Notice in this scenario, Jesus said, there's things I need to talk to you about. That are very, very important to your life and success, but you're not ready to receive it right now. So I've got to hold on to it and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into this place of being able to handle the truth. Now, do you see why listening on three dimensions is so important? You've got to listen. If the person isn't ready to hear it, then why are you saying it? You could do more damage than good by getting it off of your chest because the Bible told me I need to tell you the truth. Well, the truth is I don't like you. I can't stand you. I don't want to be with you. But I'm here because God, come on, how many of y'all, you're going to make a real mess real fast, so-called acting on what the Scripture said. Even Jesus himself said that there may be times where the truth you have is not able to be spoken because of the person's ability to hear it 
and receive it. And if you handle yourself properly, you can actually help them get to that place where they can talk to you about literally anything. So watch this. In verse 13, he says, I got things I'm going to talk to you, but you're not able to have. But when the Holy Ghost has come, he will guide you into all truth. If you allow the Holy Spirit to get involved in your communications, he'll lead and guide you. I can remember, you know, one of the great mistakes in my life. I I knew on the inside the Holy Spirit was telling me, but I went by what I was hearing on the outside. But we, he said, I've got stuff I want to talk to you, but allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide. Listen, folks, God will guide you. God will give you the right thing to say in the right way and at the right time if you wait on him. Let me say that again because that's complex. God will give you the right thing to say. Let's say you got something you want to talk to that's been eating you up for years with the person that you're loving, that you're with. Could be a parent, could be a spouse, could be children, could be people on the child, people in the church, things that you want to talk about. But for whatever reason, you haven't been able to say it. If you will allow the Holy Spirit, God will give you the right thing to say in the right way. At the right time, if you wait on him. What's interesting is talking about speaking truth in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 15 says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. Somebody say, speak the truth in love. So what am I sharing with you? This is like life and death important. There's things that your children want to talk to you about. But because of how you handle these other things, it puts them in the position where, you know what, I'll just keep this to my grave. Even though I know you love me more than anything and anybody but you're not able to handle what I want to share or what I want to talk to you about. Make it easy for people to talk to you. Uh, I'm being very translucent in this series and, you know, from the beginning because of the importance of unity and oneness and agreement. Makita and I are pursuing becoming great at communication. I want her to be able to come to me and talk to me about anything. If she's struggling with fear, if she's struggling with this or struggling with that, I want her to be able to talk to me about anything. Can you all hear me? But if I don't respond to her the right way, if I don't, because again, the way you make it easy for people to talk to you is by being a great listener. If I cut her off, if I belittle her and make her her words feel insignificant, then why would she share her most intimate words with me? So I'm learning and I'm challenging you to learn for the sake of those that are in your life and in your relationships. So, yes, the number one rule 
in communication is to stop lying. Now, you may not be able to answer fully at this time, but stop lying. Don't tell them everything is okay. If everything's not okay, says, you know, I'm dealing with something right now, but I'm just not able to talk about it. How many of y'all know that's true? And that's going to help me. And that's also going to indicate to me that maybe we should take some time. Well, whenever you're ready, I want to be ready to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk to her about, to talk to you about. Amen. And that's allowing the Holy Spirit to get involved. So stop lying and then tell the truth. Now, again, here's the caveat. Here's the asterisk concerning telling the truth. If they're not able to handle handle it, you need to hold it. Because the Bible teaches us that we need to speak the truth in love. Now, at the end of this series, I'm going to talk about communicating with love and respect. Just make a mental note of it. We'll pick it up there. But how many of you all got something good out of it today? Whoo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to bow your head and I want you to listen on the inside to the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I want you to ask him, are there things that you want to talk to me about that I haven't been ready to hear? I also want you to consider, are there things in your heart concerning the loved ones in your life that you want to talk about, but you're not able to for one reason or another? Because we want to ask the Holy Spirit to help us and to guide us in our communications so that we can skillful, that we can give people the assurance that they can share with us and that we can share with them. So I want you to now pray this out loud. Father in heaven, thank you for this message. I have an open heart and I want to be good at communication. So I purpose today to be a student of communication, to be a great listener. Help me by guiding me through the Holy Spirit. Help me in situations to speak the truth and to not lie. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we're dismissed, peradventure you're in the audience or you're online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. If that's you, God loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you. All you have to do is say this prayer and mean it in your heart and God will save you right where you are. And then there may be people in here that have been born again, but they've gotten away from God. You know, if you've missed it, you should repent and deal with it. And I want to lead you in that prayer as well. So for those of you that are in the audience or those of you that are online and you want to give your heart to the Lord or you want to repent of your sins, then pray this out loud. I'm going to ask the congregation to pray out loud with me in Jesus name. Pray this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today to give you my life. I do believe that Jesus Christ is your son, that he died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put him in a grave, but I believe he's alive. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make heaven my home. I'm born again. And I ask you, Father, to give me the Holy Spirit. That he may guide me through this life. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I hope you all know there are many things that I want to say to you. (laughs) So don't be dull of hearing. Amen. When we talk about the prosperity message and the future of Faith Family Church, don't make it hard to be heard. Amen. Just be in agreement. God is leading our pastor. Even if I don't see it right now, I don't get it right now. I believe God will talk to him. Amen. And if I need to, I'll talk to him. But we're going to do this and we're going to be in agreement. Amen. And in the same way in your life and in your relationships. Amen. Be great listeners. Amen. Be great listeners when you come to church. Be great listeners. And we can get a lot done. Well, we're going to make some more and hopefully some further progress next week. But that's all I had on my heart uh, to give you today. Go ahead and stand up on your feet. Please be praying for Faith Family Church. Uh, If you don't know it, uh, we are always under attack. If you've ever wondered why things happen and don't happen and, you know, why this is that. uh, The devil doesn't want Faith Family to be a thriving church in the Northwest Houston, Harris County, Cypress, Katy area. Because too many lives would be impacted with God's word for real. We don't play church. We we get it straight. Amen. If that's what it said in the word, that's the way we're going to do it. Amen. And so uh, many different attacks come. I don't talk to you all about them. Um, Because, you know, we are more than conquerors. We are already victorious. Amen. Um, But be praying for your church uh, and be believing God for the things that you know should be happening to happen. And uh, it will happen. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Raise one hand before the Lord. Father, I speak a blessing over these that are gathered together. I pray that you will go before them, that you will be a shield to protect them from every arrow of the enemy, especially over their relationships. I speak divine protection over every marriage, every future marriage, that the enemy not to be able to destroy through divorce or separation. I speak a word of healing over every marriage right now where maybe things were said or done that caused deep hurts and wounds. Be the healer of the brokenhearted and restore relationships, not just marriages, but siblings that because of an exchange have been cut off from loved ones. Restore the years that the locusts have eaten because of broken relationships. Restore relationships with parent and child. Open up doors of communication for now it will be different. We release this blessing over every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you, Faith Family. I'll see you on Wednesday night and also on next Sunday. God bless you. You are dismissed.